Yeah, what's up? I'm gonna kick it with mine, y'all know. Oh, we'd like to say good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Church Information and Open Forum. I'm Marion Barnett, your host. We here each and every Saturday morning, right here on KNON 89.3 FM, the voice of the people, serving Dallas. Fort Worth, all of North Texas, some parts of Oklahoma, down in East Texas, Central, Deep Central Texas, all around we serve. And boy, is it a lot going on. Is it a lot going on. We'll be hearing from Dr. Drevis Edwards in just a few moments. He's got his brand new beautiful clinic and nice and good service, great service. A very good physician he is. And we got uh, them trying to fire. They want to fire the Dallas city manager, Mr. Broadnecks. They want to fire him. We're going to be hearing later on in the program uh, city councilwoman Carolyn Arnold. She'll be there. And uh, we'll be hearing from her this morning. And it's just uh, so much going on. So much going on. And the little iron snakes now over there in uh, Fort Worth. They're trying to delay the trial again for this policeman that uh, murdered uh, Miss Tatiana Jefferson. Now, people in Fort Worth, preachers, what are y'all going to do? Y'all gonna just let them keep pushing this thing off forever until everybody involved in it be dead, uh, forgotten all about it. That's what they're trying to do. They're just trying to make sure they take all the pain out of this thing, all the hurt. They're trying to, they know the longer you let it linger, the better it is for this no good policeman. Oh, yes, yes, there's no good white policeman. And uh, when we, and when we have gotten so comfortable and laid back that we'll just uh, allow them to do these things, they'll treat us this way and worse. So wake up over in Fort Worth. Wake up and tell them no. Start, like they said, on the 23rd of this month. That trial. Because we know he's guilty already of murdering her. So, don't delay, don't delay. But right now, I'd like to turn aside and welcome to the KNON microphone. Good morning to Dr. Drevis. Good morning, Doc. Good morning, Reverend Barnett. How you doing this morning? Doing great. How are you? Great, great. How's the clinic coming? Well, Reverend Barnett, it's up and, uh, it's up and going, and we're still... <sighs> Um, you know, making the proper, you know, changes where we can meet the needs of the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm real excited. Uh, even at the age of 71, I'm excited that I'm able to, to do something for our community. Wonderful. Wonderful. I know you are sincere and dedicated to our community. And there's a community you, you put a clinic, a first-class clinic, too, in that, well, really was a medical desert. And uh, you're fulfilling that need. You are an oasis there now. Uh, 
And uh, we need to let everybody know. Would you just give the address again and just let everybody know that everybody, you serve everyone. Everyone is welcome. Well, the, the physical address is 4498 uh, South Marsalis. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're, we're in the Glendale Shopping Center. We're at the yeah. corner of Ann Arbor and uh, um, Marsalis. We're not far from South of Cliff High School. Yes. Um, and we're 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 partnering with them to do uh, what they need to you know need done so far as the, the physicals for the athletes and uh, we're uh, currently uh, going to um, uh, vaccinate the students who've been accepted to uh, colleges uh, who graduated this year. Mm-hmm. There's a, a vaccine they'll have to have, and we're we're going to perform those for for them at no charge. Oh, my good. You're going to vaccinate the kids going off to college for free? Yes, sir. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. That's a blessing because when those parents have to write them checks, that, that, that'd be all. They don't have to worry about it, and so that takes a little pressure off them, a whole lot of pressure off of people. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Get in. They can't get in without one of these vaccines, so we... Uh, I've, I've been working with some of the liaison there uh, at Fowler Cliff, mm-hmm. um, and uh, some, you know, I just you know wanted to be clear that we have been working on this project uh, that we have, you know, we finally kind of got it going for a couple of years. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we we want to be a part of the community. That's that's what we want to do, and make sure that we're we're trying to meet as many of the needs of the people as we can. Uh, Wonderful. But it has really started to, you know, people are starting to really come. I, uh, I think we we got a little project where uh, actually one of the programs that where we kind of watch and see where the, you know, the kind of calls that we get and so forth. So we we open on May 12th officially. Mm-hmm. Just the month of May, between May 12th and May 31st, mm-hmm. I think we got 1,100 11, hits. Uh, in those, uh, oh, right. 1,100 hits. Sir? Jay, you gotten 1,100 hits uh, between those days? From 12, but yeah, from May 12th to May 31st, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really approximately uh, a little over two weeks. But uh, that, that that's wonderful. But now, in the, the demographics of that uh, particular area, Oh, you got seniors, and you do have a lot of children over there, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of kids. Uh, I mean, you like say you have South of Cliff, and then you've got uh, a couple of middle, uh, you know, uh, one or two middle schools and some elementary schools within a mm-hmm. mile and a half. Of it. Uh, so, it, I mean, you know, it's densely populated. There's no doubt about that. Uh, do you accept that Texas CHIPS program? Yes, sir, we do. Yes, yeah. We're currently working with the state to get all of those programs implemented into, um, you know, into the urgent care so they can, you know, they can use those. Um, We we went into just a snag, but, you know, within the next week or so, Mm -hmm. uh, we're hoping to clear all that out. But we're, our our intent is to take all of take the Medicaid and Medicare uh, patients, and uh, so so we're 
that's just been a part of our process. We, you know, any anytime you're doing an endeavor in a community that's underserved, it takes a little bit more time and uh, to get all of the eyes dotted into these calls. Mm-hmm. But we're we're just about there, and and uh, that in in fact, that's pretty much uh, really the only thing that we we got we're waiting on to get the approval from the state to actually treat these patients in the. We're looking for it any day now. Yes. Now, the, the running down Marcellus on the side there, uh, that complex uh, to the rear, well, it, it's just on the side there. This is where your uh, clinic is located. You can't miss it right going down Marcellus, but you can turn right in there where it's behind, back behind. It's a, from Catfish Floyd. And, yeah, uh, if you walk right out of Catfish Floyd back door, you would walk right into... Yeah, you're uh, right straight yeah. in the front door. Uh, yeah. From Catfish Floyd. It's just a little, almost a little block down the street. That's, that's one of the things. That's one of the things. Uh, and you have a full staff there working, right? Yeah, we have a full staff, and we've got uh, some of the... Well... Uh, the equipment that we we have normally, you don't even see those in uh, even in the northern sector where you know we we have a CAT scan, we have a ultrasound, we do uh, X-rays, uh, uh-huh. we do vision testing. We, I mean, we 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 really uh, uh, our pharmacy will be open where we be really almost a one-stop shop where mm-hmm. you can. When you, you know, where you get treated and then before you leave, you get your medication there, right? Uh, right. And you walk out the door. So, so in other words, here. you can write a prescription. They can go in another another office and get their prescription, huh? Yes, sir. All right. All right. All right. That, that's, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Again, give the name of it. It's Marcellus Avenue Urgent Care uh, Clinic, uh, 4498 uh, South Marcellus. And the telephone number is 214-432-1450. That's 214-432-1450. All right, all right. And uh, you're right there in the community. And uh, Yes, sir. To serve the people to serve the people. And um, insurances are accepted there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Aetna, Cigna, all of those are accepted, uh, you know, at, you know, at uh, Marcellus Avenue Urgent Care Clinic. Mm-hmm. And we've got some of the, the you know, uh, in, in, in screening people who work there, we, we're trying to, you know, uh, hire people within that community, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and so um, we we want to we want as the gentrification continues to expand, we want to make sure that everybody knows we're welcome uh, Hispanics mm-hmm. uh, and Asian, everybody else. Uh, you know, we want it to be a everybody, everybody. That's correct. We're not d- discriminating. We want to try to hire people in that community. Matter of fact, I've hired a Mm-hmm. Um, medical assistant full time. She lives about three blocks from the from the uh, from the clinic. 
Mm-hmm. So we we want to hire the people in that community. That's that's our goal. Oh, you come to, you gonna give jobs too in that community, right? Yes, sir. Yes, that's sir. That's all right. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. People that that are close by. Yes, you're giving them a job and everything. Uh, this is uh, something that is really you don't catch uh, happening too much in too many large cities like Dallas. Uh, a lot of this is not happening. Uh, in fact, when you go to Houston, uh, Los Angeles, other cities I go to, all of them all over the nation, uh, most of our communities are, are medical deserts. Not only food deserts, they medical deserts. You know, they, they just don't want, uh, you know, good medicine in our community. You got... You got messed around so far on that uh, hospital over there off of Hampton, but at the same time you 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 took Plan B and come out successful. Wonderful, right? Yes, right. Yeah. All righty. Uh, I tell you what, nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. Let's take a call. Who who do we have here? Good morning. Uh, we have uh, Steve on uh, line three. Stephen? Uh, Steve. Stephen. Yes, Steve. All right. Good morning, Stephen. How you doing, Rum? How are you this morning? I'm doing pretty good. Yes. I just mm-hmm. wanted to make a comment on uh, the situation in Fort Worth. Well, we are talking with uh, Dr. Drevis Edwards. We are talking about his clinic. And uh, oh. I put. Uh, do you want to hold until we finish this conversation? Well, I'm just going to say this: they need no. to go on and get the Department of Justice involved because they're not going to do anything about that case. Right? Yeah, you're so right. And thank you for your call. Thank you for that information. All righty. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, um, Doctor Edwards. You're still there. Yes, sir. Uh huh. Well, when um, what time do you open? Well, we open seven days a week. We open uh, at nine uh, uh, daily. Uh, nine o'clock nine daily. You open, and yeah, you open, open seven days a week. Yes, sir. Wow. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. That's all right. So people that. That having some medical problems, they are, they are, can be taken care of seven days a week. That's wonderful. Yes, sir. That's wonderful, wonderful. And we'll be letting people know that you're there because we have, uh, when anytime you have a community that has been there, I remember when people start first moving in that community years ago. I was back in the late 60s, early 70s, they started moving in there. And, uh, that means they're old now. They don't want to admit it, but, you know, and still, they, they definitely need health care. And we yeah. thank you, Dr. Edwards, for putting your clinic there, okay? And we thank you for having them on that. All right, anytime you, anytime, anytime. We're going to push because, you know, if you don't have life, well, you're nothing. God is not the God of the dead. All right, okay. 
All right. Well, thank you so much. Here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, that's 972-647-1893 is the number to call. A number you're calling. Uh, y'all got all the land filled up. Uh, about this thing in Fort Worth. Uh, Tatiana Jefferson. We can't get any justice for her. Can't get any justice. In a large city like Fort Worth, they're doing stuff that they did in little bitty towns years ago. Delayed, 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 and before you know it, everyone has forgotten it and they move on. This is what they mean to do in Fort Worth. And like I said, I'm going to keep this on your minds. I'm going to keep this on your mind. And and people, we just had a caller that says, uh, going to have to uh, contact the Department of Justice. Fort Worth is not going to do right about this. All righty, uh, Pierre, oh my God, it's, it's break time. 972-647-1893 is the number you can reach me, and uh, we'll be right back. Yeah, what's up? I'm going to kick it with the Pierre, bring me on the call. All right, good morning. You're on Ken O'Han. Good morning, Greg Reverend. How are you this morning? I'm doing fine. Fine. This is Patrick O'Neill talking. Okay, good morning, Patrick. Yes. Go right ahead. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm against the gun reform bill. They should raise the age to 20, maximum 24 to 20, 30. The 21 year old don't need to buy guns. Well, if he's really just going to be right, yeah. Uh, you know what, the, the human brain doesn't mature to true adulthood till you're 25. Yeah. I, I know, think about it when you were 18, and think about when you were 25. Were you the same? <laughs> uh, you yeah, had yeah. changed. You can't buy car insurance until you're 25, uh, a male. Now, females' brains, they, they mature faster. A whole lot faster. The male brain, for some reason, uh, we just don't mature until you know we are you know at an older age. We don't mature. Yeah. You know. But but here's my thing about the AR-15. Make that gun. Don't don't stop selling them. No. But make sure you do a background check to whoever you sell that weapon to. Believe me, this is a weapon of war. Which lets me know why certain people are truly buying that weapon. It's a weapon Mm -hmm. of war. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they got them on the streets like hotcakes. Yep. Mm -hmm. I thank you for your call. That clears the line, 972-607-1893. Who do we have here? Uh, Jackie is on the line of four. Jackie? Yeah. All right. Good morning, Jackie. Hello? Okay. 
he just hung up. So we Thank have you. another, uh, uh, we have a Kevin on uh, line four. Kevin? Yeah. Good morning, Kevin. Hello. Good morning, Kevin. Wow, lines are feeling flat. Yeah. What's going on? Okay. Kevin, good morning. All right, okay, move so, to another so, one. So, yeah, we have someone else on the line. Three. I didn't... Okay. <laughs> that one for... Okay, let's try, so try that line one. Try line one. Yeah. yeah. See if they'll nope. answer. Okay, something that... Okay, we have someone on line two. All right, good morning. Yeah. You don't get no end. Well, good morning, sir. Yes, go right ahead. Good. I was listening to the gentleman talk about the AR-15 and you know stuff like that. I've been listening to you all. He said they should raise the age to 30. You know, I understand it as evil people, nothing more than that. I was carrying a weapon, a gun, a rifle when I was six or seven years old. I would walk miles and miles and miles down in the woods and the mountains and go hunting and bring back home big old bullfrogs, turtles, and rabbits, and squirrels, and whatever it was to eat for my family, it was nine of us. And my daddy trusted me and seven, eight other siblings to do such. Mm -hmm. I mean, we knew how to hold a gun down, never pointed at anyone. He taught us, World War II veterans in Normandy. Mm -hmm. And we picked that up pretty quick. And we would take the trucks and cars and go into town miles and miles and pick up loads of feet at that young age and the police wouldn't touch us. It's now, how, how, how often do you think that's happening today? I understand. That's why I'm saying it's evil people. With well, here's what's going on. With, with the laws that they made here in Texas, the two governor, yes, lieutenant yes. governor, and attorney general, they yes. made these laws saying anybody can get a gun at any time. That's ridiculous. They caused this. Uh, the right. Huh? The right of the law the right of the laws they paid gives them the right to purchase and do so. No, it don't. It don't. It don't. That's a gross misinterpretation of the First and Second Amendments. Here's what's happening. Here's what's happening. You got people that you need to please broaden your thinking. You have got people who really want a civil war in America. Of course. Of course. And... I, I believe I that if a person is a certain age, and it, I don't care who it is, if they buy a gun, do a background check. See, had this boy that, that down there, I'm from San Antonio, had to had had a background check. By the time a, a background check would have gotten got back, school would have been out. It would have given him some more yep. time to think about what he's really doing. But because he yeah, can buy buy a gun, I mean, put in for a gun one day and get walk out with it the next day, this is what happened. He didn't have time to even think. See, I think and change. We as human beings, I think and changes from day to day. It really do. You know. I agree with you. I agree with you hundred percent. It was pure evil what he did to. Those children or right. our children, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. But, but last, but two days ago in Grand Prairie, I stopped on 161 and Main Street to Valero like a quick trip, like mm -hmm. a truck stop. 
Mm-hmm. Like one thirty in the morning, I pulled in there. I dropped my daughter off at work, and uh, going back home to Arlington, I stopped in there and got me a hot dog because early in the morning you got good stuff to put on a hot dog. Everybody's hands ain't on it, so I stopped eating and got me a hot dog. And one of the two cars in front of the building. When I went in, I parked on the side, went in the side door, and mm-hmm. there's a white lady in there. She looked at me and she stared at me while I was preparing my hot dog. Got my bun and everything. And she walked over and talked to another gentleman, white gentleman. He had like a tool belt on. I'm like, it's too late being here working. He must be a cop trying to fake. Anyway, he walked over to me and was looking at me. So I went to the other side of the counter. I put my the counter between me and him. Mm-hmm. And next thing I know, uh, the side door I come in, a police officer pulled up. So I looked. I mean, he walked in. He didn't pull up. So I looked outside. Where the heck is this dog going to at? Anyway, he walked right beside me. So I went on the other side of the counter. And he was looking at my shirt, my clothes. I said, everything okay, sir? He said, yeah, everything okay. So I went to the other side and I raised my shirt up so he can see my 45 on my hip. Mm-hmm. I got that right and I got license, THL and FFL to buy and produce. I just got to watch who I sell to. And he just stayed in the corner staring at me, staring at me. See, she profiled me when I walked in as a black man that early in the morning. Because I had a weapon, but that's all right. My privilege. Yeah. Only I am. I yeah. spent two years in Vietnam fighting for you, me, and your butt. Why would you call the cops on me if I'm not fixing to do nothing but get a hot dog and walk God out? God have mercy. They, you know, some people just won't give up. They just won't give yeah, up. And, and, yeah. But because of time, I'm going to have to move. Thank you for that story, and thank yeah. you for this. All right? Close the line, 972-647-1893. Who do we have here? Uh, we have uh, Robert. Robert, all yes. right. Robert on the uh, line uh, four. All right. Good morning, Good morning Robert. Hey, Robert. Doing? doing, Mr. Petrie? Yes, yes, great. Well, I guess we uh, had kind of discussed the, where they asked the city manager to resign on Friday. Oh, yes, we have Miss Carolyn Arnold coming on in just a few minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh Rev, you know the, the power structure of this city is when 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 uh Mr. Brognax came to the city, they, they, their their interest was to get rid of him the day he came to the city. Yeah, he was catching right. hell before he ever signed the contract. Right, because the, the the power structure ran the city before he got here, and they had all their people in place. Mm-hmm. And when he came here, he brought his, his staff with him, people mm-hmm. that he was confident with and had worked with. Mm-hmm. And and see, the power structure didn't want that. See, the, the, the power structure of Dallas ran the city of Dallas. They ran every mm-hmm. department. Mm-hmm. So when 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 Mr. Broadnax come here, it, it wiped out the people that was in public works, economic development, assistant city managers, and and we started all over. Now you if you if you notice you see the progress in southern Dallas right now where streets and new streets are being built, the streets are repaired, alleys Mm-hmm. You see, we get infrastructure around UNT where they were building roads and not putting infrastructure in the roads. So we have a total new administration that has come here that's helping Southern Dallas. But mm-hmm. the power structure run the city, like all the bond money, 
was going to North Dallas, mm-hmm. all the, the construction streets and all of that. Now we're getting into Southern Dallas. Now, our mayor is a puppet for the power structure from the mm-hmm. day he became mayor. Mm-hmm. See, so we got, you know, so we can't let these people run Mr. Barnack out as city manager of this city. We can't let them Well, out. they said they, they, they planning on a vote. When is that? This Wednesday? Or right, think, right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then we, you know, I, I know Miss Arnold is in support of him, uh, Mr. Atkins. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure about uh, Casey Thomas, but I think that we need to send him a message that... You think Casey would be against him? I don't know. I don't know, you know. Oh, okay. Casey has been against Yeah, but I think that we need to send him a message. See, these individual council people or politicians... They have to voice what's necessary in in the voice of the people. Right. I think so. That yeah. if, 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 you know, and, and maybe Casey may or may not. I don't know. I hadn't talked to him. And I will call him to find out. But I think that the people in in Southern Dallas, in South Dallas, need to call him and, and, and talk to our representatives and make sure that they're not going to let the power structure play them games and, and run our city manager out of here. See, when you look at the power structures, it's, it's like gangsters. See, if you can't come into Dallas and do business unless you find land from them mm-hmm. or they part in your deal. Mm-hmm. See, and when you look at the, the major players in this city, you know, and, and, and see, our mayor... Is, is, is part of the power structure. He is a puppet, mm. you know, from day one. Oh, and I think that we got to, yeah, and, and we got to let him know when his time comes to be reelected, we need to weigh what he has done. Mm-hmm. Well, he, uh, he will have a, uh, in a hosa probably running against him for mayor. Well, me, you know, I I wouldn't vote for him. You know, I'm not going to vote for him. So I'm not going to say who I would vote for. But I know from that who controlled him, that power structure. If you're working for these rich white folks in this city, you're not working for the well-being of the black community. Mm-hmm. You know, at one time we had S.M. Wright that was a, the black preacher that sold <laughs> the black folks. He sold the black vote for the power structure, and we got nothing. Well, well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've never actually. You know, you know that history. You know that history. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. But, but, Reverend, right now we're getting infrastructure around UNT on the east side and west side of, 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 of University Hills. You know, mm-hmm. we got. UNT Dallas there we got the Dart station mm-hmm. and we get ready to have development major development that's going to bring in jobs and housing to our community which we never had mm-hmm. and the reason why we get it is because uh, the city manager and the people that he brought with him yes See, they don't represent See, they want to destroy all the great things that he, he brought here to help 
Right. Everybody in the city, not just white folks. But he brought right. in right. stuff, right. which we, this city is not used to black folks getting a piece of the pie. They're not used to this. Right. Right. They, can't, they, right. they can't handle this. I noticed the people that spoke against him over the news. Yeah, the people I saw uh, speaking against him over the news was three white women. Yeah, and they said nothing of any substance. They just want to get rid of him. Right, right. So we we need to wake up. Right, we need to wake up and see that. When you listen to those white women that were saying that the radio station, I mean television station, was slanting it in their favor. They they certainly did. It's uh, yeah that uh the 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 anchor. Well, it seemed like he was uh, cheerleading for them. Right, right. I know right. All, uh, this was Channel 8, the one I saw it on. I don't know which one right, you saw. I've seen it on, too. That's what I've seen it on, too. Oh, boy, he was chilly. Oh, they should have sent him some pom-poms. <laughs> but we can't let this happen. This is the opportunity right now for development because mm-hmm. of Southern Dallas. Which, see, what they did, they held infrastructure from Southern Dallas where it couldn't, you couldn't develop. Like when you look at mm-hmm. University Hills, they build a, they spent $6 million on this road. Mm-hmm. And because blacks on the west side of University Hills, they would not put sewer in the road. And you know what I'm telling them, if so you're building a new road, put sewer in the road. They wouldn't mm-hmm. even put sewer in the road because yeah. they didn't want blacks to be able to develop that land. All they had to do is run that pipe system in the middle of the road and everything, everything, it's been easy as ABC. That's all they had to do. But now, now we, with the new administration, we get sewer in that whole area. We got development coming in that whole area. Uh, It wouldn't have happened. That's wonderful. It wouldn't have happened. The problem structure wanted the land. Mm-hmm. That's why they didn't put the, the infrastructure in. They want the land. Mm-hmm. See, and, and and they know that they, you know, they came at me. You understand? But see, yeah. they know that you know you come messing with me, you got to fight. Yeah, yeah. See, they chunk at you, you chunking back. Oh, hey, they got they got war day and night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. day and night. Yeah. Well, but, we we as the people going to have to stand. With our brother, right. and right. Uh, it's time for us and we need, as people and we to stand to up in this out, city. We need to find, <laughs> right, and we need to find out what politicians, what what politicians that's on the side of the power structure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, and, and and if they on the side of the power structure, we need to vote them out. Yeah, yeah. Get rid of them. We will expose them. And let everybody know what's going on. Let them know. Right. Let them know. Right. Yeah. I'm up against a We're short break. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you for your call, Mr. Petrie. And uh, we'll be right back. You can reach me at 972-647-1893. We'll be right back. Yo, what's up? It's- I'm going to kick it with mine, y'all know. Yo, Slim, can I kick it right now? Here we go. Well, it's time to make that change. People uh, of the world today. All right, we're back. And we'd like to welcome to our KNON microphone. She's not a stranger to this. Dallas City Councilwoman, Miss Carolyn Arnold. Good morning, Councilwoman. Good morning, Mr. Petrie. 
Good morning. I hope my reception is good. Yeah, it's good. You sound good. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, what in the world is going on? Well, we know what's going on, but uh, what about this with our Dallas city manager? The city well, manager. Well, uh, let me say something in case somebody don't know. That's who really run the city. We do not have a strong mayor, formal government in Dallas. Dallas hires a city manager hired by the city council to uh, run this city. But we got some people that want him out. Can you explain to us what's going on? All right, yes, sir. And good, good morning. And first of all, I just want to make sure. Good morning. I'm on the record. I'm very grateful to have this opportunity to serve as a council member and to serve this district and to serve this city, and I don't take it lightly. You're doing a great so job. I, right. I don't take that lightly. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, this, as you just stated, this city is not a, a city that is run by a strong mayor. And most folks don't understand what a strong mayor simply means is that it's either my way or the highway. It's, mm-hmm. it's one of those Donald Trump approaches to running government. Mm-hmm. And so about 10 years ago, our city voted to continue with the hiring of the city manager by the council. Mm-hmm. You run into quite a few dangers when you allow one person to have power uh, in that sense, especially when they are elected. So the city manager is not elected. That mm-hmm. person is hired. That person is scrutinized by the, by the council. Mm-hmm. So what you have there is that you do have a mayor who does, who does not respect, in my opinion, uh, the, the charter as it relates to the city manager's job to run the city. And that means to hire uh, staff, hiring, firing within the city manager, uh, setting the budget. That budget is crafted by the manager. Mm-hmm. Delivering uh, allocations for services such as street, highway, uh, street alleys, uh, funding of our recreation centers, that comes through the budget and comes through the man- through the city manager. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, we know that there has been a struggle since this particular uh, regime started in 20, I believe, 2019. Mm-hmm. Yes. So well, he, he, he's, had a, he's been here, what, about five years, isn't he? No, the, the city manager has been here almost five years. I was on the first team. I was on the council when he was hired in 2017. Right. So I was a part. So I saw his credentials. He is a very sharp young man. He's articulate. Uh, he's knowledgeable. You're not dealing with step and fetch it. Mm-hmm. That is part of the problem. They want to have, and even with these women who are now carrying what I call the mayor's water, uh, they want to run an agenda that starts off with disrespecting this man, and that's what one of the problems that I have, even with disrespecting employees. So they wanted a boy, not a man. Right, they're trying to treat him like a boy. And so what I will tell you as we move into campaign season, that's what you're seeing a lot of is campaign posturing. Mm-hmm. So the mayor is up for the election. We have what's called an in-house election of our mayor pro tem and deputy mayor pro tem. And the lady who is uh, at the point of demanding P.C. Broadnax's resignation is running for mayor pro tem, which is put her right under the mayor. So she's uh-huh. running on those. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Right now, Chad, Chad West is the mayor pro tem, and Jaime Resendez is the deputy mayor pro tem. Mm-hmm. 
So we're going to vote on their positions, I believe, in the next couple of weeks. And, and Ms. Blackman is running for Mayor Pro Kim. All right. And so that's what all of this confusion because all of those individuals, all council members except for myself, have some appointment as a chairman of committee. So most of them are tied down, and if they move to the left too far, they are afraid of losing their titles as chairman. And so mm-hmm. I don't have that concern because he chose not to make me a chairman, even though I had uh, experience. Mm-hmm. That was not a problem for me. So that's why yeah. you see that aggressive three women, uh, Carol Mendelson, Gay Willis, and Paula Blackman, who are all his chairmen demanding, and I understand they went in and demanded and talked to Mr. Broadnax just like we were back in the 40s, that uh, he better resign or else. Said what? Yes. Uh, and I also, yes, I'm putting it out there because I also am concerned with the fact that in talking to the council member Blackman, and, and I know that the mayor gave her that position to manage permitting office, but that's in violation of the charter. Mm-hmm. Once again, the city manager manages staff. The right. city manager runs the departments. The city manager does hiring and firing. So she was already in a position of, of a, what I call violation of the charter by putting herself in a position to talk down to uh, engage in conversations with staff. And so when she told me that she was in a meeting with him and he, quote, rolled his eyes at her, she had a problem. And that mm-hmm. if he was a, a, a child of hers or something to that effect, I'm paraphrasing, but you can try to call him. You're another way she's going to talk down to him. Right. So we're back in the days of Emmett Hill, and that's mm-hmm. not what we're trying to do. So that's the, that's the environment that we're in now. I'm very concerned. I will also tell you that from a procedural standpoint, we, are, we have a ways to go, a couple of days to complete evaluation. I'm scheduled to put in my evaluation on uh, Mr. Broadneck, Mr. Queso, who's the city attorney, Billy Ray Johnson, who is the city secretary, mm-hmm. on Monday. So what they have done is decided to, to pull this trick to interrupt the process that we authorize as a city council. See, we normally mm-hmm. give our input to the consultants, they give us feedback, and then we meet with these employees. So they decided uh, that they wanted to pull this trick in the middle of that process because we also have one last meeting on June, June 22nd, then we go for a break. But what the public needs to understand is that we have to have a budget mm-hmm. by the file by op- that is put in, place, put in place by October 1st, mm-hmm. ratified, mm-hmm. because that's our fiscal year. So we normally come back in August, September, to, to discuss with the public and to get input with the council members to finalize that budget. So we're jeopardizing the day-to-day operations of this city with these political gimmicks at this time. Mm-hmm. And so what I can say is that we need to stay woke on this. I think this is not a time for our community oh, to stay quiet. Seeing this with Police Chief uh, Renee Hall, and now you see it with, with Mr. Broadnack. And unfortunately, unfortunately, we have had the opportunity to have some leadership from an African-American man who is, I can tell you, highly qualified. He's not Wonderful, 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 right. wonderful. But now... So, we've got to, so I'm going to ask folks to call the, call the mayor. 
if you believe in moving forward and not jeopardizing the future of this city, because it's going to slow us down if we're talking about uh, trying to hire a new city manager, and now we're also in the middle of trying to complete a redistricting map that we have to have completed by the 22nd. We're looking at planning uh, our forward growth in this city, and, and right now I can tell you it's more political grandstanding that it is about caring for the people. So I don't have a problem with talking, telling the truth, and the truth is people need to call the mayor's office, call their council office to say enough is enough. We need to now have focus on those underserved communities that I wish those council members who are so aggressively trying to get rid of the council of the chair of the city manager would help me to fight for our underserved communities to help bring the changes that we keep addressing. I know I do as far as it relates to the southern sector and I want them to move with the same intensity and give us eight votes mm-hmm. to get the service that we need. So I appreciate the chance to just share that with you. But, Reverend, we cannot allow another African-American leader to just be disposed of. And it is mm-hmm. concerning that you have an American male mayor who's fighting a qualified African-American manager, city manager, mm-hmm. who does know his... Well, uh... How many votes do you think uh, those who want to keep him? It's going to take eight either way. How, how do you think this thing going to come down? I think it really just comes down politically to the to the price that each council member wants to pay. As they, as I stated, some of them are tied down and they're free, and almost like that what we hear about in Washington with that regime of the former regime, where they know if they speak up and and want to keep. Mr. Broadnax, because it's the right thing to do, they run the risk of losing their chairmanship. And that's number one. I can tell you that you can trust no one there on that council as a sure. Now, there have been some that have spoken up because they know it's wrong, they believe it's wrong, they believe we should have to respect the process. I can tell you Mr. Omar Navarez has spoken about the process being disrupted. I can tell you that Janie Schultz, she's from North Dallas, has talked about the process and Mr. Broadnax having an opportunity to speak. I know I have spoken up uh, about the process, and, and I always speak up about the charter because I have seen that under siege, almost like we're seeing, we saw on January the 6th when the Capitol was under siege. That's what's happening in Dallas now with our charter. Mr. Mm-hmm. Jaime Resendez has also spoken up on behalf of Mr. Broadnax and the and the process and being fair and not this bootleg operation that we see. So mm-hmm. those are the four people that I know have spoken up uh, as of today on the record. So I just wanted to make sure I put that out there. There's no need in us cutting corners and trying to sugarcoat. We have under we're under siege. We've got to have a budget that speaks to the people. In spite of this, uh, what we're seeing from an economic standpoint right now, we've got to have someone who knows Dallas and understands the economy and what's going on with inflation. We've got to have someone who understands what's going on in the rental world where we have people who are losing uh, their uh, apartments, they're losing their homes. Mm-hmm. We've got to have someone fighting mm-hmm. for rental assistance. We've got to have someone who understands this art of money. As, for example, right now, I, each council member received $1 million from, from the federal government. Right. Mr. Broadnax is the 
notes where we can go in, we can put $1 million in one community or several communities. We're in the middle of that, and we're trying to get mm-hmm. that money spent. And so for us to spend time trying to bring someone else in to learn Dallas or decide, and this is the other political game they're playing right now, oh, we can just bring in uh, uh, the next person on the ladder. Well, that's not how the city manager's position works. Mm-hmm. And so you have someone who understands budgeting, but they have not functioned in that role as a city manager because you have a different set of criteria for the city manager versus an assistant city manager. And those managers are appointed by the city manager. So it's about running the city efficiently, financially mm-hmm. sound, plan is what we have to have and people and the person who understands our communities. And I can tell you that if it was not for Mr. Broadneck on some of these issues, for example, 10th Street, the bottom, putting money into those communities, putting money for infrastructure, we have support and the knowledge of placing funds in many of our communities uh, of, of color, or underserved communities coming from this manager. Mm-hmm. So there are not high points but at this, this point, I think it's easier to take cheap shots. We need to be about the people, serving the people, and we. this is an urgent matter. So we cannot afford to stand back and say, oh, it'll work itself out. No, you have people who are up for sale, and they don't have a problem selling their uh, commitment or lack thereof to this city just to stay in good graces. And I want us to be in the good graces of the people that we serve, and we are obligated and bound by the charter to deliver to our communities. And and I appreciate you having an opportunity to have our voices this morning. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, we need... What day will this vote come down on? On Wednesday. And and that's in the middle of us talking about uh, the maps. We're trying to redistrict the map so that we can get our voting community set up. And so we're trying to do that in preparation for the 2023 election. So that's mm-hmm. going to come. So this special meeting, this special meeting that was called by Paula Blackburn. I'm sorry, Paula Blackburn. I don't want to give this to be Blackburn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Paula Blackburn, Jay Willis, and Kara Mendelson. That special meeting will happen after our briefing on Wednesday. And we will discuss, first of all, in special session, that's an executive session, where we discuss the uh, personnel issues. Mm-hmm. And then the decision will be made in there as to what next steps will be. So I can tell you that this is not pretty, it's not fun. Uh, when you have people who decide to, to destroy, I mean, seriously, were those women, Paula Blackman, Jay Willis, uh, I understand basically threatened Mr. Broadneck, you either resign or by Friday, I believe they gave by noon, or we will take next steps. So you have someone who has a job mm-hmm. and I all do the you're willing to just tell him to pack your bags and go, pack your bags and go, and he has a job, he's committed to the city, he has a family, and you're just coming in with this raw hide mentality Mm-hmm. Let's roll them up and get out of here. And it was totally disrespectful. And I do I do acknowledge the fact, once again, I, I do take exception to the fact that you are talking to a grown man, as a young people say, a whole grown man, mm-hmm. disrespectful, as we're back in the days of 
the 40s and the 50s. Yeah. If a black man looked at you wrong, you were ready to have him uh, uh, put in front of yeah. the, the fire truck. So they think he's reckless eyeballing, huh? Right. So the, I can take, call her and ask her, tell her to repeat it to you. I don't have a problem telling her. You call and repeat it because I've shared with them, this is not something our community needs right now. We are in the city. We are mm-hmm. moving forward. And we've got to give these underserved communities in particular what they're asking for, infrastructure, housing, quality neighborhoods, quality services, so we can mm-hmm. get quality mm-hmm. uh, groceries that we're still pushing for. Yeah. But we want to be able to walk down the street in our neighborhoods. And I can tell you that this mm-hmm. city manager has put millions of dollars into our neighborhoods, mm-hmm. especially District 4, with sidewalk and alley monies, and we're not even finished yet because we are in a deficit in this community. So yeah. I can tell you he's not perfect, but none of us are perfect. But no employee in the city of Dallas deserves to be talked down to as if they are less than. We are all human beings. I don't care race, creed, or color. They, No one deserves a council member to talk down. I respect the fact this is a position of power. We are the policymakers, but it doesn't make me any better than the staff members that work for this city and work for the citizens. How the, how the African Americans on the council are... We have... How are they working? So we have four African Americans on the council, and I will tell you, the number one, uh, you know, it's, and I'm the only African American woman on the council. You have Mr. Tennell Atkins, who represents District 8, and Mr. Casey Thomas, who represents District 3. Uh, and he's terming out uh, next June. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the uh, mayor. So those, right now, those are the folks of African-American descent who sit on the But council. the mayor is trying to get rid of him, right? Yes, he has stated on the record he, he wants new direction and he believes he should be fired. And that is the quote that I have read from the media. I have not <sighs> spoken to him directly because in, in addition to that, that we're, there remains a communication issue there. I've not had a meeting with the mayor, and some of us haven't, but I would imagine it's mostly me in, in, in person to person other than around the horseshoe. Okay. Mr. City Manager has not had a meeting, I understand, person to person in his office since probably last uh, April is what I understand. So there are no face-to-face weekly, daily meetings with city manager as it was same thing with the chief of police Renee Hall. So there so it has to be a better way for us to run this city uh, as, as a council with our city manager. Mm-hmm. And it has to be based on communication, people first, Dallas first, addressing the issues that will help us to become uh, a, a city that is not so divided and you hear them talking that talk but when you when you hear about housing equity and the man, this city manager is the one who's really pushing equity but when it comes down to it as I've shared with many of those council members when we get down to across the Trinity those those voices begin to get silent and so I have mm-hmm. very little patience those just talking and talking it I've asked them give me seven or more votes 
so that we can get the infrastructure in across the Trinity. Give me seven or more votes so we can allocate for medical facilities with the support of the county. Give me seven or more votes so we can get quality housing. Give me seven or more votes so that we can get a grocery store. I can tell I have talked to Tom Thumb, ACB, until I'm blue in the face. But until we come up with a creative approach with seven or more of us, it's like we work intensely to get Kroger's to go to North Dallas, we should be able to get a service here. But we shouldn't have to beg any grocery store to come here. Yeah. I mean, a full service. I know things, trends are changing, mm-hmm. but all we're asking for is a decent environment to select our meat, our vegetables. That yeah. takes seven or more of us to be creative, and it would help us to have a mayor Wonderful. to support us in the conversation. Yeah. So, now, Councilwoman, I hate to cut you off. I'm up against an 8 o'clock hour, but I thank you very much. And uh, probably what time do you think this uh, will take a vote on Wednesday? Well, we, well, we, go to, we, go, we work at, we start at 9 o'clock. So our session, our regular session of briefing, that means we will be briefing starting 9 and then the special meeting will be called after we complete our briefing. So that could be late into the evening. It, okay. So I would just say you just have to stay woke. But, but folks need to call in and voice their support to take care of business. Do you have the, uh, what's the, what's the mass number? Well, the, the best way to call the mass number is called 214-670-0780. And we can, re, re, we can redirect you to that number. Okay. Any other number that you all right. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Councilwoman. All right. Have a wonderful day. Look, we are up as a short break, and we'll be right back. Yo, what's up? All right, we're back and ready for our number two of Treasure Information and Open Forum. I'm Marion Barnett, your host, and I'm also the senior pastor of Heavenly Joy Church. And we invite you to be with us tomorrow morning, 930 on Facebook, Heavenly Joy Church, Marion C. Barnett Senior. Marion Barnett Senior is, is the Facebook page. As a junior, so, but get me on Senior. Tomorrow morning, 9.30, you are more than welcome. And I've just gotten a call uh, from, from uh, Brother Casey Thomas. He said he's in Mr. Broad next corner all the way. He said in here, he said, oh, he was listening and said that uh, Carolyn is everything she told y'all. He, she said, people believe it. It's the truth. The way that they're acting down there, they're trying to treat us like we're back in the 40s and 30s and all like that. So there are some people who will never give up their racist ideals about us. And they're acting out downtown on the Dallas City Council. I just got this call from uh, Casey Thomas. Just got it from Casey Thomas. He called me. All right. And uh, Pierre, what else was I supposed to remember? Eh? Okay, so uh, we have uh, Malcolm Robinson and also yes, and we William. Got, William wanted to know the address of uh, uh, the, uh, Dr. Edwards Clinic. Uh, Doc, you, you gave me that... Uh, direct address you said it over there it's there in the village fair shopping center at uh at uh marcellus and Ann arbor 
But if you get a chance to call in, if you can get in, the line, all the lines are full, uh, just try to call in and give me the exact address. Give, give me the exact address for that. We got the barrister waiting himself, and we'd like to call him, but he's already called in, and he's ready to go. To go. Good morning to Attorney Malcolm Robinson. Good morning. Well, good morning, Reverend Barnett. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, it's a good morning because I'm alive. Yeah. But, man, it's just, have you ever seen a rascal that just won't give up? Oh, no. When I read themselves, uh, their basic racist attitudes. Exactly. I mean, these people never right. give up. They never give up. Never, yeah, never will. Never, never. Seem like, why is it we may get a little victory, may get a crumb on the ground, but, and we get satisfied. Why, what do you make of this? Well, <clears throat> I think we have to, you know, back in the day when, when I was coming up, they said you must know who your enemy is. Mm-hmm. In our case, know who your enemies are. Yeah. And we we also said that we also had a saying that said when when the revolution comes, some black folks don't have to go too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that was also said too. Yeah. <laughs> yes, my that's day. correct. Mm-hmm. That's all these are uh, uh, for the audience. These are things that were said during the sixties when I was. Uh, uh, Growing up and maturing in, in in Chicago, the South Side of Chicago, mm-hmm. and, and and that's when the civil rights movement was really actually in its heyday. Uh, it seemed like people had more concern then about what's really going on. <clears throat> well, yeah, and we 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 confronted the enemy. Mm-hmm. Once we knew who the enemy was. Mm-hmm. We confronted them, and, and we began to make some progress. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we had a realization that our fight was within a global fight, that that, that we had to uh, uh, fight for our rights and, mm-hmm. and progress within the world. Mm-hmm. And a, a better understanding of the world made it better for us to understand strategies regarding the fight that we had mm-hmm. to undertake, so, yeah. and that's and that's what uh, is going to be required now. And I think that the African American community needs to continue to press for, uh, in terms of the education aspect of it, mm-hmm. for more education in the civic area. And I don't know, you know, for some reason. Civics kind of dropped out, or it got diluted into other areas. Well, they took it out. It used to be in, uh, in in the public schools. Every civics used to be a required course in school, and, and that's correct. And I don't, I never understood what happened to it. Uh, <clears throat> why it's not required? Mm-hmm. You know, for instance, you know, we 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 tell people, inform people to vote, and but we don't necessarily educate them as to what the effect of the vote is, the type yeah. of system they're in, mm-hmm. the the how a a a a piece of legislation becomes law, how the the laws are, are written, 
how they are applied, interpreted. All that is required so people can understand the urgency of their active, active mm-hmm. participation right. in the process. And that's what we need. And as a lawyer who uh, deal with the rule of law, which is supposed mm-hmm. to be very fundamental, mm-hmm. and is fundamental in, in our democracy, uh, mm-hmm. I just think it's, it's very important for people to have a better understanding of how the laws are made, how they are interpreted, and how they are applied. And that's one of the things that I hope that we are accomplishing in terms of my participation in your program mm-hmm. on the second Saturday uh, of each month. Mm-hmm. That we get people to find out, educate, and get information. And I think we're making some progress because I can tell by some of the calls that I, I receive and questions that are asked. Mm-hmm. And uh, people are paying attention. So we want that to spread. Yes, great. Great. But now, when we see how these things are happening here in Dallas, seems like uh, it's always been a city. If we was to get one foot ahead, seem like the powers that be ready to knock us at least two feet backwards. Uh, do we find that is that a struggle we have worldwide, nationwide, or just here in Dallas? I think it's definitely nationwide. I think each community uh, has a, a uh, is set up similar to the way Dallas is set up. Some of them use uh, different systems. Dallas has, has uh, they, they, they can operate within the state of Texas mm-hmm. with impunity, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have a power structure just like Mr. Petrie said, and I've been knowing Mr. Petrie for a number of years. He probably don't remember me, but I, I remember him. <laughs> but, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've been out to Skyline Ranch. Uh, way back when they first, when he first uh, started, I, I went out there, yes. Yeah, I bought a car from Mr. Petrie. Oh, no, I haven't bought a car from him. And, you know, I was not as 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 aware of his uh, ownership in uh, car sales. Oh no, that's yeah. a, that that's the basic. That's how everybody know him. Even his dealership, my I guess Rob Robert had that thing thirty, between thirty and forty years. Uh, he's been there. Well, um, and, yeah. and, and, and I I became aware of him. He was uh, uh, through the Black Chamber when I was active in the Black Chamber. He was as well, mm-hmm. and I think that's when he. Uh, begun his uh, got his uh, car dealership mm-hmm. but so now, that's, that's where I became well there's so much stuff going on and people don't realize that with everything going on uh, what area do you think we as African Americans overlook the need for legal representation and we lose out because we don't have a legal representation. What particular disciplines uh, we're missing out on? You said what particular disciplines? Yeah. Well, the, 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 the legal representation, and I hope I'm answering your, your, your inquiry mm-hmm. correctly, 
legal representation is is basically you have to uh, become aware of the system that you are in. And right now, one of the top areas that we need to be keenly aware of is real estate. Uh-huh. Uh, people have to be educate themselves on the real estate that they have title and they have interest in. Extremely important. They have to be careful of these so-called investors uh, going around uh, indicating that they want to buy your property. I mean, they call you all the time. Oh, my God. And they say they will buy it for cash and they group of investors. And we have to be aware of what's going on because if they find a way to manipulate to get your property uh, either by hook or crook, mm -hmm. they will do that. And if you don't understand exactly where you stand, where your title, your interests are, your obligations and your rights in connection with your property, then you run the risk of losing it for little or nothing. I mean, I have talked to people who on their property that they are living in day to day, the title to the property is still in a grandmother's or grandfather's name. Yeah. Well, see, you must have been reading my mind. <laughs> that was exactly what I, what I was thinking about when I said this once. There are so many people I've talked to and they want to run it, run ahead of this thing and said uh, they can take care of it. But if you haven't disciplined yourself in that legal representation on how to do these things, uh, I think we, we, we lose out a lot of times by not getting the right representation. And in order to do that, we have to get the information. And we have to make sure that we find attorneys who are licensed in this area and have some experience in dealing with real estate and we consult with them. Ask them the question. Go down and get a current copy of your of your deed. Mm -hmm. And while you're down there, find out what else may be recorded on your property. Mm -hmm. we, we, people need to understand that the deed is the, the deed is a key document. Yeah. And a lot of times people don't understand that, but when they when they finally understand it, then they 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 do what they need to do. But sometimes they, they be so far behind. You know, when you have a deed that's in the grandfather's name. Wow. I mean, I mean that's you you are you are really behind. That's mm -hmm. gonna take some work and and some some resources to get that correct. Yeah. It can be corrected, but you need to know it exists. And you need to take the necessary steps to correct it. Mm -hmm. And so, but anyway. Well, anyway, I'm I'm getting ready. We're going to take a short break. But those of you who are waiting on the lines, yeah, thank you for being so patient. The line's been full the whole time. Uh, we're going to take calls when we come back. We'll be right back. Yeah, what's up? All right, we're back, and you can reach me at 972-647-1893. All righty, Pierre, who do we have? 
Uh, we have uh, Imani on line one, and he would like to ask a question to Malcolm Robinson. All righty, bring him out. Good morning, Imani. You're on with uh, Attorney Robinson. Yes, I know. I, I, we, it, it's a shame we don't have as much time to say what we want to, but I appreciate what you're doing there, buddy. Well, thank you. So, I, I just want to, uh, I know it's time to get two hours. You can't do this. But, mm -hmm. I, you know, I've I been listening to a lot of, reading a lot of books, studying in my library, studying Washington traveling. And, of course, I, I know you, Robin. I hear you. It's called Pay to Play, brother. And Carolyn is called Pay to Play. Remember uh, when I set the districts up in, um, in the southern area? In my university, is everybody. But I won. But attorney's uh, got all the money. But attorney Robinson's not you. But I want to ask you a question. You hit this nail on the head this morning. It's all, everything is about supremacy, power, and wealth. And it all comes from the land. And that's what we are very, we need a seminar with you, Dr. Edmund, Dr. Morgan, Reverend Barnett, our religious, we need our leaders, we need our council people, we need to come together, that's the key, and have a seminar one Saturday, two days, if we have to, and let each one of you show your expertise. And we need all these things to save our people. So what do you think about us getting together some kind of way? Well, I think, I, I think in terms of getting together, and, and we, I guess you talked about as African Americans, we have to start. Yeah. Uh, we have black Americans, excuse me, I like to say black. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. We have to start with the family units first. The family unit has to get together. You start mm -hmm. getting together with your immediate family unit first, and then you go to your extended yeah. family. That's how we get yes, together. Sir. Because we're dealing with, yes, with a connection, uh, uh, you know, in terms of descendants of, of, of each other. And it's yes, just me trying to reach out to grab everybody else, and I can't get my own family together. So your immediate family, right. unit, your brothers, sisters, parents, mm -hmm. all you all need to get together. And then you extend out to the extended family, cousins and all. Yes, sir. Well, you know, I stopped in that kill Willie Lynch a long time ago. The differences in making them bigger. But I want to ask, Pastor, Pastor, religion is a big part of our community. What part, I mean, you know, mostly all these big buildings are closed until Sunday when they take out all the money out of a community. What will it take to get these buildings open like the casinos and bottles and women, girls, legs? How do we... How do we get how do we get them to open up and do what they, they promised God to do? You asking me? Yeah. I, I'm not asking you, you, I wanna ask them okay. we have the we have the big so, buildings and we have all that. Who owns these buildings, by the way? Well that's the first thing. You got the one find out who owns the building, who has legal titles yes, interest yes. in the building, and he, who mm -hmm. has as a result therefore the right and uh, to decide how the buildings are going to be used. When you when you find out some of that, you will find out that there might be some legal uh, regulatory prohibitions, either state or local, to doing some of the things that, you, that you're trying to do. And if you still want to try and do that, then you have to develop a strategy and approach to, to get that happen. I mean, the pastors can't just go down and open up their churches for certain things to happen. There has to be a plan and a strategy for that to be done legally. 
Otherwise, right. uh, they'll end up being mm-hmm. closed down for good. Mm-hmm. Well, we had power knocks with Dr. Todd Anderson. We studied Dr. Welsing. Uh, well, so you ever heard of Chris, well, uh, Dr. Welsing and uh, Chris Theory? Uh, no. You asking me? No. Dr. Welsing, W-E-L-S-I-N-G. You can YouTube. But I'm going to let somebody else talk with Pastor. You own it, and we appreciate your couple of hours, and we just need more time. We need a whole day to get with all these players. Robert, everybody, we need to get involved and have a respectful, loving, respectful attitude when we come together so we can all talk to talk, feel our little problems out, and maybe we can fix our community. I appreciate you. All right, thank you. Thank you for your call and comment. That clears the line, 972-647-1893. All right, who do we have here? Uh, Eric Jacobs is on the line too. Okay. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Reverend. How you doing today? Fine, fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for your prayers. I mean, get, uh, I just want to stress something out for the young folks. Like when you're nine and ten years of age, you're playing sport. When you go to the airport, so they're going to say you're playing for right. They're going to say take four tears three times a day. And they tell you that when you buy them things for right. You go compete in whatever sport you play. Because if you try to wait 10, 20 years to take 15 or 20 pills to try to be successful, it ain't going to work out. Now, nine times out of 10, it ain't going to work out on, on out of 10 pills. So when they say you do doing three bottles, if they take four pills, you can have space. They got to make their money. And that's how he live. He got to make his money. He ain't going to go and be no superstar at a, at a Everybody gonna go and be no superstar at a young age. Yeah. So well, Eric, I tell you what, you always remember, you are an exception uh, to the rule. Very few uh, will stick with it the way you have for the number of years, the way you've stuck with it. And uh, man, you are a great exception to the rule. We love it. Thank you. Thank you for your call. All righty. All righty, next is the line, 972-647-1893. All righty, who do we have, uh, Pierre? Um, we have a Red Ghost on uh, line one now. All righty. Is he on? All right. yes. Good morning, Red Good Ghost. Morning. Good morning, sir. You're on with uh, Attorney Robinson. Yes, sir, Malcolm Robinson. I just want to know, is it, is it kind of natural for your family to be a part of the prosecution to come in and, and look at the situation on your property and and mo- mostly decide with the prosecutor on your on your property. And this is what I'm having. I'm having a problem uh, where we are here at 1233 Hutchinson Avenue and uh, my mom's shot in a house is on the same piece of property. And my mom let my sister now go in and hire the people to do the work on this piece of property. And the property uh, came up real bad. And I don't have anything to do with what uh, the, the other people done. I come back in to try to fix it and repair it. It's only maybe less than $2,000 worth of work. It's only the riding of the, of the, of the wood and some of the shingles been blown out and stuff like that. And my, my niece left a dog in the house that, that chewed up the, the, uh, the flooring and chewed up the... Uh, the wall. But all that's been on a semi-repair thing. And I'm in the middle of doing my Juneteenth, which I have a lot of artwork, a lot of stuff out in front, which that is not a part of uh, of the house itself and the property itself. And I have 
okay. never seen. Is there a question uh, of uh, Attorney Robinson? Yes, I'm, just, I'm, asking, I'm, I'm asking him, have you ever seen where your family, deal, a family member, deal with the prosecutor to unjust what their mother has set up for them to do? Yes. You asked me if I've ever seen it. Yes. Have you have you had people to come in? Have you had have you have ever seen any siblings that's supposed to fix up the place and they did not do it and they are working with the prosecutor to in, to to go against fixing it up? Yeah. Otherwise, I'm fixing the repairs and stuff that the that the city is asking me to repair, and I have yeah. no help from my sister them because their people did the work when my mom paid for them. And we shouldn't be here because my mom paid them to do the work. We left it in my sisters and them hands to do the work with their contractors. The contractors did not pull certain permits and everything. Now here I am trying to fix it, and I'm thinking we got the permit. But we they, don't have the certain permit. Yes, sir. Well, that property, the deed to the property, I guess, I don't know whose name is on the deed and who has actual My mother's name is on the deed. Yeah, my mother's name okay. is on the deed. Okay, well, y'all need to take the necessary action to get that deed, uh, your, your mother's deceased, is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay, y'all need to take the necessary action to go through probate and get that, get that, be transferred into the legal heirs, which I presume uh, would be you and your your siblings, uh, and then you would be have undivided interest in the entire property. But the biggest problem that apparently, that based upon what you're saying that you have, is you and, and your family members have to come to some common ground, and that's what I was trying to say to Mike that when we talk about coming together, we have to start with the family unit. The family unit is the basic organization, especially when you deal with ownership and management and development of property. And the more progressive type of wealth in uh, uh, property and other assets is family. To the extent that the families operate on common ground, you have greater wealth within your community. So that's what you, you need to try to find a means for all of y'all to come together to straighten out your property. Otherwise, you run the risk of losing it. If y'all fight with each other, uh, you run the risk of losing, losing the property. Yes, sir. I, uh, I understand that, but I, I'm just looking at this point here. My mom, everybody, I thought everything was in, incoherent. Everything was updated. And my sister, I'm not fighting against them. I just thought all the permits and stuff was full. And then we find out that the city attorney come down and say, this is not right, this is not right, this is not right. Well, my sister and them is the one that did this. They, they the one my mama entrusted to, to, to get this done. So I don't, I, you know, I, I, I'm willing to keep the property. I'm willing to fix the property like my mom thought she had it done. But it's something that, that, that I never seen something like this. All the work that's been done, there's no wood, there's no installation, there's none of the stuff been done. So my sister and them, I'm not saying that they, that they didn't let the people uh, get away with putting in the materials that need to be fixed or the paint. The paint peels off like it, it less than a year and all that kind of stuff. 
I mean, well, I and, and this would hurt my mom. So we thought we was all in compliance and everything. Yes, sir. Well, the thing is that you all are operating, you all are not operating together. They have, they have. Well, they're operating with my mom. But your mom's deceased, yes, is that correct? Yes, sir. I, yeah, and I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I thought they was all on board, but when I found out, this is the only thing that hit me, is that I did not know that the things that were supposed to have been done until my mama asked me. She said, Benny, it's cold. Benny, it's hot. Where's the installation? Why are my floors? Why we still have these problems? And I started investigating why we having these problems, and I can't find none of the material. I can't find what? none of the installation that's been put on there. So that's what was the problem is that we fixed everything that my mom even thought they had everything fixed. It shouldn't be the city, shouldn't be on us. But my well, husband, well, well, I don't well, know what Red Ghost, I thank you for calling in because you are uh, giving uh, to the listeners exactly what I'm talking about in real time. And yes, sir. as a result of the issue between you and your family members, you're, you are not able to make progress. And in fact, like I said, if y'all don't get on the same page with the same with the identical strategy, you're gonna lose it all. Everybody gonna lose, and that's what's happening in in the African American community. So I'm glad that you called in to articulate what this problem is. I'm glad that Ren Barnett that you articulated. So this is it. You are yes, sir. I know. I just what I'm talking about. All righty, we thank you. We thank you for your call and coming. Yes, that clears, that yes. clears the line, 972-647-1893. All right, who do we have, uh, Pierre? Uh, Gerald is on uh, line, uh, line three. All right. Good morning, Gerald. Uh, good morning, Brother Burnett. Good morning. Barrister, uh, Malcolm, and thank you, Pierre, for y'all volunteering your time to put in to to educate us of what we think and what we hear and thinking it's right and it's all wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, I just want to comment, Brother Burnett, on this uh, a workshop that I'm looking to implement for seasoned, intelligent people that know, not what they think, but know to, to uh, start up, to educate us about politics and the BS. Because that's what it is. It's politics and BS. And with this going on with trying to call up the city manager of Dallas, it's... Well, with that bizarre... That's they're trying to get and rid of him, but uh, what we yeah, yeah, want to do, is. we're talking with uh, Attorney Robinson now. Yes. We moved yeah, on, and, I'm, I'm and uh, uh, yes, please uh, address uh, Attorney uh, Robinson. As, as with as with Attorney Robinson is, I'm going not this Monday, but a week from Monday to my hometown to get the deeds to bring them back in to you, so you can go over and okay. and uh, let me know what I need to do because it's too much of this here. That uh, uh, like you said, we got to establish our inheritance um, uh, of the property that we think we inherited, that we have right for ownership or the inheritance due to that's our parents and grandparents, right? Well, that that is correct. We do got to establish that instead of just going on with it. That what we think that we automatically have uh, inheritance rights, right? You have to, you, yes, you have to find out what the current status is 
and then you have to consult with an attorney, outline a, a process and a strategy to move it where you want it to be. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, because I'm still being told, you know, and try to get down there to get it and get with you because I don't trust you. I don't, you know, I appreciate you coming in and enlightening us about what needs to be done. And, uh, Brother Burnett, I need to get your number to talk with you. I'm a 55-year-old man, but it's a lot that I don't know, but a lot I know I need to learn that I should have been to learn. And I need to get with you because I'm, I'm, I'm ready to start up throwing myself out there and get out of the, you know, I'm, I don't think I'll stop dancing and shooting pool. But that's been one of my hearings saying that I shouldn't do that, get into involving community affairs if I'm going to be part and whatnot. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of the bull crap and that we getting the backlash and not getting nothing because of people are hindering us they have the power to do that. And that's bullying. Mm-hmm. And I ain't never allowed that to be done to me. All right, well, we just just uh, call after my show go off. We'll, we'll get you the number to contact me. We're up against a short break right now. Thank you. 972-647-1893 is the number for you to reach us, and we'll be right back. Yo, what's up? I'm going to kick it with mine, y'all Yo, Slim, can I kick it with Here we go. Well, it's time to make that change. People of the world today are fading. All right, we are back. This is our last segment. And the number for Dr. Edwards. Uh, what, what is that uh, number here? Uh, address, I mean. Okay, so we have someone on the air, and uh, she will uh, give us the address. All right. All right. Ma'am, go right ahead. Okay, the address is 4498 South Marcellus Avenue, and it's not Village Fair. It's Glendale Shopping Center behind Catfish Float. Yeah, Glendale, that's right. Yeah, that, that is correct. And that's right okay, there on, the, on that Marcellus side over there. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. 4498 Marcellus, yeah, okay. All righty, we got it. All right. Okay. Barrister, you there? Yes. Yeah. When we look at uh, what's going on, we're property. You can't. You can't make anymore. I cut my TV on, and every day they'll talk about visiting the the movie stars and the rock stars. I guess rappers and everything else. If you notice something, everything they talk about then. They're going to always, some way, somehow end up with uh, viewing their property. Uh, do we take property ownership really serious enough? Um, the answer is no. We, 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 we operate uh, on the Starbucks, thank you. I think you're safe. Yes, go right ahead. Uh-huh. We operate on assumption. Incorrect assumption. We operate on the on the uh, mistaken uh, fact of that a birthright gives you inheritance rights, and that's not correct. Not in the United States of America. Just well, why do people believe that? Well, that's because <laughs> okay, I can't say why, but they haven't accepted the education of 
of understanding the limitation of birthright. And birthright does not entitle you to inheritance rights. And in the United States of America, you, the inheritance rights has to be established by the courts. In England, the, you have birthright. So in England, property stays within the family. And just because you are a descendant, you, you line up mm-hmm. in terms of inheriting title and interest in property. But in the United States of America, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. The, the law has a code, the state code has descent and distribution. And it outlines the descent and, and tells you what your birthright is, but you are not based upon the fact that you have a parent, a grandparent, great-grandparent, or whatever, does not entitle you to inherit their property. You have to go through court. I'll say that again. You have to go through court. Uh, and you have to be careful of affidavits of airship. Mm-hmm. Affidavits of airship is, is a device that's been developed to avoid going through court. Okay. Uh, and some title companies accept it, some do not. We do not advise that you participate in the affidavit of airship in terms of transferring legal title and interest in the property, either on the receipt in or on the transfer in. You need to consult with an attorney before you agree to participate in an affidavit of airship process to buy or sell real property in the state of Texas. The other thing point is is quick claim deeds. Quick claim deeds are, are not legally acceptable in the state of Texas for a legal transfer of title and interest in property. So if you if your property you believe is transferred to you as a result of a quick claim deed, you need to consult with an attorney so you can find out the limitations of a quick claim deed. And you need to consult with an attorney to find out the limitations of affidavits of airship. Wow. That, that, that's something. Uh, but when we uh, usually, we have a lot of fighting after a death. That uh, you sh- and sometimes these people have been sick for a while and you would have thought this, this could have been settled while the person was still around. Uh, how do you advise people that has a family, uh, a family person that they feel like they're the heir of and everything? Should this be handled without that person before that person die? How, how, how do you look at that? Well, I think, I think that the person that consults with attorney regarding the extent of their assets that they feel that they own or have an interest in, and then they need to develop an estate plan, which could include them doing a last will and testament. Now, uh, when you when you do a will under the laws of the state of Texas, that helps mm-hmm. in terms of trying to avoid uh, conflicts within the family. Mm-hmm. But it does not totally eliminate conflicts within the family. So some people try to fight the will, but it's better for you to have a will and have family members fight it rather than you not have a will and family members are fighting over ownership and 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 interest in mm-hmm. real property. All right. But so they have to consult with an attorney. 
I keep I tell people that all the time, and and even when they call in, I talk to them, and I tell them, and I outline what they need to have in order to consult with an attorney so they can find out what their legal rights are in regards to ownership of of real property and other assets that they may that they may possess. All right, all right, Pierre. What do we, what do we have? Well, he's on the line talking to somebody. I don't know. Uh, we have one line open. We have one line open. Uh, All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, who do we have? Yes. Uh, Robert uh, wants to be on the air, and he's on line three. Robert? Yeah. Okay. Good morning, Robert. Hello, uh, Attorney Robinson. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I was wondering. I've heard of something, and I want to know if this is true, true and if it does, does it apply for Texas? Uh, with something about an LLC and putting property as an executor, and then once the, this individual passes away, the person that's designated as the executor would automatically take possession of that property. Does, is there a process of that nature? And again, if it does, is that an applicable in Texas? Okay, let me make sure I understand what you're saying. Uh, yeah, you heard this somewhere, or? Yes, I have, I mean, and of course, it's probably just wise tale or just you know conversation. Okay, but one step back enough. Okay, and and so, you know, but you definitely need to consult with an attorney to go over the process that you're talking about uh, in regards to that, because you're saying some things that that I am not clear on, and and, and I would need to be clear on it in order to respond to your question. But basically, okay, basically. Whatever property in question, you need to make sure that you have a current copy of the deed that outlines who has legal title and interest in the property. And whoever's name is on the deed, that's the person or person that you have to deal with in terms of acquiring legal title and interest in the property. Nobody else. Okay. Okay. All right, thank you for your help. That was valuable information. All right, thank okay. you. All righty. This is 972-647-1893. Who do we have, Pierre? Uh, we have uh, Glenn on uh, line two. Glenn? Yes. Good morning, Glenn. Good morning. Good morning. I'd like to find out, uh, does the attorney deal with HOA issues? Yes. Uh, uh, when he said HOA, I'm presuming homeowners associations. Is that correct? Right, the homeowner association. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I've been having an ongoing battle with them for the last four years. I'm in a uh, HOA out in Midlothian, Texas, and uh, this thing is uh, every two weeks they hit me with fines. Uh, one minute, uh, a few years ago, it seemed like we came to a, a resolution on this thing. Then they uh, reneged on me and started finding me heavy again. Uh, so I need to get a hold of an attorney to see if I could bring this matter to a head. Yes. Uh, what do I do? Yes. Yeah. You, you would have to contact and we would uh, probably need to schedule you to come in for a consultation. 
I'll talk to you on the phone if you decide to call me, go a few things, and then uh, we may need to schedule you for a consultation to be more specific in terms of uh, documentation and the powers uh, that the HOA has and the right, what your rights are in regards to that. HOA Robinson, would you give your number out again? I was getting some kind of feedback in, in my in my headset. Oh, okay. Huh? 214-941-0717. Oh. Extension 303. Again, 214-941-0717. on the line three and she would like to ask a question Beverly? to Michael Robinson yes uh -huh. line three alrighty good morning Beverly good morning you young man how you doing fine how you doing you on with the Tony Robinson I, I know I just want to put this out here for food, of food for thoughts one of the problems that I've seen among our people with real estate and stuff is they when they do right wheels they don't have them recorded. They want to put them in a box or something, uh, and they'll get so-called destroyed. My advice is, when you do a will, please go take it and have it recorded. So if anybody destroyed, it is on record. That is so crucial. Have a fabulous weekend, you guys. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you said they put the wheels away? Uh yeah, what people what people do and what she's talking about, 
is they'll put a will somewhere, wherever they have in their house, wherever they keep, they feel they keep their papers. What we advise people to do is to take the, the original will, and if you're in Dallas County, you record that will at the clerk's office and for safekeeping, and they'll keep the will down there, and then if, when, when and uh, if something happens to you, well, all we have to do is go in and pull the original will, and you you you'll get a receipt where it's where it's on file and recorded for safekeeping. That's in Dallas County. Now, other counties might be a little bit different, but if they have such a process, that's the process you need to follow. That's one thing I've, I've been meaning to ask you. Do these laws seem that they change from county to county, or rules, or what is that? What is it, something that will work in one county doesn't seem like it'll work in another one. Well, the larger, more sophisticated counties uh, generally have uh, uh, special court systems, and that's what a probate court is. Mm-hmm. In your smaller counties and, and more, let's say, rural counties, they, the, they have one court, and the one court is the district court, and it does probate. And it may not have a probate system. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on what county that your property is, is located, whether they have a probate system. Mm-hmm. But they all have uh, clerks. And the clerks, some of them are called deed of record. And the clerks are the one where you go to retrieve a, a copy, a current copy of your deed. All mm-hmm. the counties have that, okay. large or small. And so your deed should be recorded in the county where the property is located. Is there a county you'd rather work in? Say that again? Is there a county you'd rather work in? I like Dallas County because Dallas County has a special uh, court. They have a a sophisticated system. We have the probate judges uh, look like us. They are (laughs) take care understand certain situations. So yeah, I prefer Dallas County. But the other counties are, are good as well. We have done work in Collins and Tarrant and Denton County. Well, sure, we have done in each one of those counties. Mm-hmm. And they, they system differ a little bit. So, but Dallas I prefer. Well, what if people had uh, some provinces or something going on in Harris County, Houston? You know, uh, Travis, Austin, uh, Bear, San Antonio, Tarrant County, Fort Worth, all that. Are they are those counties uh, similar to Dallas or what? Those counties are somewhat similar. Harris is a good county. Uh, Bear County, then San Antonio is good. Travis County and, and Austin is good. The the issue, so I don't have any problem. We have some cases in in uh, Harris County down there, Houston. I don't have a, a, a problem with that, except for the fact that those counties are, you know, significant distance, which we, we, we can do. But it becomes a little bit more, uh, can be more problematic in terms of cost mm-hmm. to the client. So mm-hmm. uh, if they have the resources to retain an attorney who resides in one county to practice in the other, then, then by all means, that's what you need to do. All right. I tell you, let's let's take one more call. It's hard because we're so close to the end. Uh, let's take another call. Uh, who do you have here? Uh, we have uh, Karen on the line, too. Karen? Karen, yeah. All right. All right. Good morning. Is it K- 
Karen or Taryn? Or what? Karen. Okay. All right, go right ahead. Yes, mm -hmm. I have one question for uh, Mr. Robinson. Is it common practice to give a copy of your living will to uh, to your physician? To your, to your physician, you say? Yes. Well, I'm saying Say for aging parent, is it uh, common to have a give a copy of your a living will to your physician? Well, I wouldn't say necessarily common. That there has to be a purpose for that. Uh, yeah, you know, if you have that type of uh, doctor-patient relationship where you can leave a copy of your of your regular will, uh, but also, you know, there's there's. Uh, in terms of medical decisions, some people leave, leave those uh, type uh, copies of the will with their physician. So it may be it may be based upon what's in it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you. All We thank you. Uh, thank you, Attorney Robinson. I got to get out of here. Got to run. We're completely out of time. And y'all have a blessed, wonderful day. Hope to see you in the morning on the radio. Marion Barnett. Senior, yes, on Facebook tomorrow morning, 9.30. Heaven and Joy Church. Lord bless you. Bye-bye.